<laughs> Good evening, my sisters. And next time I'm going to have to wear the pins. <laughs> I am a grateful alcoholic. You wouldn't know where we'd be. Took a wretch like me and turned me around. Who would ever have thought with all the pain and the, the self-absorption that's consumed with alcohol and consumed anonymous. Look what it has done. I was so nervous earlier. Oh, God, I've been nervous all day. Like, oh, couldn't stop going to the bathroom. Oh, come on here. And then everything was going to run now. Can I make a bathroom run now? And on the last bathroom run, I finally went through the, uh, uh, the kitchen area. That's the fastest way, in case anybody need to know that. <laughs> I want to thank and I, the, um, the committee, all of y'all, for bringing this conference. Thank you for bringing the women together. We can help support one another, not just not drinking, but learning up in recovery. That has been, you know, putting out a drink is always growing up. A whole nother story, and you know what I mean. But Alcoholics Anonymous, you can't tell me Alcoholics Anonymous don't work. Uh, it has taught me to mind my business and have some business to mind. It has taught me to pay attention to my husband and not yours. <laughs> and from the beginning, my sponsor Peggy was a tough brother. She said, my Greta, I want you to come on in here and I want you to keep them legs closed and open up the big book. That's how I was sponsored. Because when I came in, your New York had to grab me quick. I always like to say, but I was starting to do something. Not me. I was too cool to be and too stumble and fall. But really, I was a black Malaman Rose. Okay? I was clean and just oozing sexuality everywhere. So what I'm saying is I was very sick, okay? Very sick. The only thing that mattered to me was what I thought you thought about me. Now, you know you got to be sick when you're operating for Oh, God. I was married. I was married with children, but, you know, what can I say? I was married, but I wasn't married. But you know, I was too busy putting on masks and cooking. I don't know who I thought was supposed to do that, but I didn't do it. I ain't do it. I ain't had time. And I, that shows the depth of my selfishness in myself. And it is always with ambush. I cannot let my guard down because it is always waiting. It's got a cloaking device. And knows how to come on and try to divert me from my primary purpose, which is to not and to grow in likeness towards my higher Her Majesty the Great Me, you know. Oh, God. See, this is a disease that will have you thinking about yourself all the time. Now, we're all careful not to let nobody know it because our egos won't allow us to let somebody know that we're thinking about our. But believe me, I was always thinking about me. me. And the result of that is I was upset. But I also been here long enough to know that the only thing that's more powerful than the disease of alcoholism is the program of recovery. That is where it's at. 
And the only way that I can be reminded of what I'm dealing with is to keep coming. I got to keep coming back together. I got to keep coming back. I got to keep coming back because women like you tell Because I am reflected through all of yours. Today, when I went to the committee, just the way, I mean, I had never, now I ain't saying I don't want money, property, and prestige. <laughs> but what I am saying is that money and property and prestige will not give me the peace of mind that, because we all know that many of us, da, 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 or we might, we might even need to get another pair of black shoes that we don't need or something like that, you know what I'm trying to say? And we'd be like, well, shit, well why ain't it working? Why aren't I happy? Because you can't buy it. Ooh, baby. Please know that when you're out there clawing your way. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, I didn't realize that that was such... I didn't know that alcohol, until I got here, that alcohol would... I had no idea that I, know, was, was a slave to alcohol. I had no idea until I got here and y'all told me, girl, you need to sit. And you said it in a loving offended. So, you know, like I said, I'm, and how I got the alcohol, I got busted on my job with dirty urine, yeah. Yeah, baby. I am happy today that I got busted on my job with dirty urine because if it had not happened, I might not be here today. So it don't matter how we get here, as long as we get here. Now, you know that's a tough job for an alcoholic. That's tough, 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 tough. So now, how I handle this is that I would carry my daughter's urine around in my bag. Come on now, you know we think deep. Cunning, Baffin, and Sidious and Powerful. And you know, we had two, uh, uh, two sons and a daughter, and I would only carry my daughter to determine if it was male or female. So I only carried my daughter's urine around. And then many times I would forget to change it. It would spill in my bag, and it would be a mess. Oh. I was a mess. But I looked good. And that's the only thing that matters, that I look good. Oh, baby, that's the only thing that I thought was to look good. And that's the sickness, the sickness that's inside. I come in here, and y'all have taught me to just be something, you know. And uh, y'all told me I can get off the stage and that I could just be. That I didn't, I can always have to, see, I was the type that, that wore the plunging to the funeral. You know, I was always... Overdone, just overdone all the time, man. Just, I was really an embarrassment to my children. You know, it's hard having a mom like that. It's really hard. And, uh, and you know they couldn't have no friends over because I am not cleaning. So. <laughs> so I don't have to tell you, damage was done on the home front. And, um, but we come in here and things, so if you're new and you're struggling, just know that I'm laughing now and it's all too good. And it doesn't matter whether the family takes whatever, I still got to stay sober. Because you have taught me how to love me. If nobody loved me, I better love me. And you have taught me how a day at a time with your grace and with your dignity and with your straightforward ability to pass on the mess recovery. So I'm on this job and oh, I'm AWOL, I'm not showing up, I'm, I'm coming in late, I'm getting suspended, I'm building a... But I always did it like with a smile <clears throat> because 
you know, we all have, you know, as right, our little, you know, ability to to use, to get over our little damsel in distress, whatever thing or whatever we use, and I use my smile. I would just whip out that lovely smile and just warm the cockles of your heart. Oh, oh just performing or a phony. I was a phony and anonymous to find out where I've been a coward and where I've been a, but I wrote this bum check and, uh, and back then in the 80s, they weren't, y'all know what I'm talking about. The crap, the BS that we pull over our eyes because he took the rap for that. Because a lot of men, so how I got here, I'm crazy as a June bug, okay? I'm on this job and finally they call me down to the headquarters. They said, they're calling me down to the headquarters on my record. Oh no, because I really didn't think I had a problem with that. Because see, I didn't drink soon as I got up. My husband drank when he first got up. And he shook. I was too cool to shake. I ain't shake. So I ain't think I had no problem with alcohol. See, what I like to do when I first get up is get my other kid, get that all swirled around inside of me, and then I would want to start drinking. So I didn't think I had a problem with alcohol. I said no. But I knew inside of me, <clears throat> I think I'm going to ask me, so I lied. I said, no. Okay, okay. Well, we want some urine from you. I ain't got no urine today. <laughs> oh, shit. The alcoholic mind written to gear. <laughs> now, I wasn't supposed to leave that headquarters. I talked my way. The headquarters is in Brooklyn. My daughter's in school in Manhattan. You know what I did, right? Shot out of that place, shot into Manhattan, went to my daughter's school, took her out of her class, took her into the bathroom and said, give mommy some pee. Now that is the disease of alcoholism. When you're that sick and you don't know you that sick. And I mean like to feel some embarrassment or humiliation. Hey, I just, cause you know, I'm not about honest, witty or ethics. I didn't know any of that stuff when I got here. So I get back there, my clean urine. I can't manipulate the urine. I got to give up my urine, which was dirty. And I knew I was busted because I knew I was dirty. I knew I was they did. Now you talking about embarrassed and but I still didn't do anything drinking. I was suspended, embarrassment of what had happened. It was overwhelming. It didn't want to let me out its grip, and I had more, more confused. Employees assistance program that I had been needed, and I look at all that pain, and the tears just start rolling. Finally, somebody knew what I was feeling with a few simple words. I took all my black melanin real clothes with me, by the way, to detox, okay? And finally, after two days, my sister had to bring me some appropriate detox clothing. But you know, hey. <laughs> but I was there. And you know, it's funny. Um, back then, I was wearing long, full fingernails, right? And you know, you have your glue, so if one breaks or one cracks, it back on. So when I get there, they took my glue. Oh, and you know, it's all about the image, right? So as they begun to drop off, 
I began to put band-aids around them to hold them on. So I'm walking around detox with all my four fingernails band-aid on. But I kept coming, baby. And y'all kept loving me. This is why it's so important to do service. Because where would I be if women like you and the guys, if the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous had not taken the commitment? Please, we must do all this. So the people of AA came in and, and it clicked for me. It clicked right off the bat. Okay. So I took a pill. And then I went to the meeting. And I told her, I said, Barbara, her brother told me I needed a pill. She said, what? We don't take anything here in AA. We do it a day at a time. And so from that day forward, I haven't had anything, you know. <laughs> you women, you women, my sobriety date in case you're interested and so forth. Over 18 years, y'all been helping me stay sober and showing me the way. And by the way, my home group is the St. Nicholas Group of Alcoholics, York City in Harlem. We're the oldest group in Harlem. Next uh, month in March, we'll be celebrating our 15th coming. It's like Barbara's my first time. She's dragging me to all these A.A. varieties. And you know what? I really didn't like her in the beginning because she was too, too bossy. You know, me what to do and what I need. And I'm... that's the, the, to me, that's the phenomenal program. We'll save our lives in spite of ourselves if we stay here. But I knew Barbara loved me. She loved me. And she had like a year or so more than me. And I knew that she loved me and she cared. She was just a little over the top for me, but I knew she loved me. So then I got another spot. She's in Florida now. Peggy's the one that told me to And she was saying, my Greta, I don't sponsor whores and I don't sponsor women who run around with married men. And you know, she was saying, oh, this wild. She would say stuff like, and girl, get rid of all them bras and panties that got safety pins in them. <laughs> And she said, if you're going to make a name for yourself in AA, let it be a good one. Oh, man. She was, whoo! She did not play. And I was like, yes, yes. And I just followed her around like a little, I was one of her little puppies, just follow her around. But she had what I wanted, and she had a forcefulness about my life. Then after Peggy moved, I had to read the pamphlets, I had to answer what does the step mean to me, what does it ask me to uh, practice. I mean, he had me working, baby. And because he said, my grip, and then you start going crazy. If the program is not in that most, well, I'm saying because I got experience on that one. <laughs> you know, I came in here and I, you know, would take my inventory for, you no, know, anytime, you know, you're, you're with people you don't want to, something's wrong. And so I recognized that I was powerful, and I knew I mean, that I got to be willing to turn. Jean would say to me, make a decision, make a decision. I took, turn your life and over to the care of God. Turn your life and over to the because if you don't, Margareta, and I've been here long enough to be better. And then he said, well, you know, we got to do this inventory. So I took them, you know, the small inventory of me, not you. It was not about you. I had to clean off my side of the street and leave yours alone. And in doing this, I began to see the depth of holism. I began to get down and began to see some of the roots. And the longer I stay here for myself all my life, because of my inability to get along with myself. See, I've come in here and I found, and so is my thinking, thinking me better. And you know, what do I do when I get in? They, some voices, they start calling their friends. You know that, right? And then the friends start calling their cousins. 
and they, I'm left with the emotional hangover. If I get a negative thought, I gotta go sit up out of this disease of alcoholism. Firstly, I have to understand, begin to understand what I'm dealing with, that I can't deal with it, and that he can, if I please, I've learned the day at a time. Please let somebody know. Please keep telling on the disease, because it will want us to shut down and not tell what we're really going through. It wants us to have secrets and bonds. And so, I'm telling, I got to tell. Now, here at that campus podium and tell you all my stuff. But I better have somebody that I can tell everything to. I got to. Because the disease wants me to shut down. And if I'm shut down into my own company, why? Because they make it so many more. They don't serve me any stand pressure long. I cannot stand it. And so I got to get rid of them bad boys, they come up. And we only do it a day at a time. So it's not about it's gone and it's finished. It's gone right now. And sometimes the serenity prayer got to be said over and over and over and over because the disease uh, uh, yank on me and I'm drowning and I'm choked out. But the program is always, and you know, we got to make that list now. Got to make the list, <clears throat> excuse me, of all the people we want a day at a time. And that includes the IRS. <laughs> and that includes the student loan. And that includes the corner bodega back in the day. It includes everyone. And I came in here and I found out that when I make financial restitution, I do it honestly. I don't say I'm going to give you all your money at one time when I normally can do a dollar down, dollar a week. You know, we're honest about where we are and we go forth to clean up the wreckage of the past. And then I found out he's taking my inventory straight. Why? Because the alcoholism wants me to go astray. It wants me to forget my primary purpose so it can come on in there and zap me. And so I take my inventory. The, 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 the tent house cleaning, you know, give, uh, give it up so you can be better. And experience that, I know, to talk to my house, house to spend time with my, rather go shopping. <laughs> I'd much rather. And that's another thing to watch my behavior. See, you know, we can come in here and substitute in a minute. Because I came in and, you know, I wasn't drinking, but I did eating. Then I started shopping. Then I wanted you know, have more than my share of sex, and uh, you know, it's ne it was never ending. But we come into Alcoholics, and a day at a time, every put where it needs to be put, but it's always lurking. This is why I have to stay. So, and he had to go. And besides that, I wanted another one anyway. You know what I'm saying? I want another husband. I want a fresh one. So, and I began to date. Horrible. <laughs> Horrible. It was just, it never worked out. It never worked out. And I couldn't figure out why is it not working. And somebody talked about yesterday, was she going to have sex? Uh, you know, when? Am I going to have sex in the 90s, God, please? <laughs> somebody, please. Am I going to ever have sex again? Am I going to ever have a relationship again? Oh, God, oh, I'm going to die. 
And so what I would do is I would go back to school, do this, do that, eat another cupcake, something, you know, huh? But I kept coming, ladies. I kept coming. Confused, hot, heated, want some. And listen, I'm so grateful to God. You ever want a guy? And then you look at it two years later and you say, thank you, God. Oh, God. Because, baby, I could pick the sick one. Sick. I didn't know I was that sick. Oh, my God. I am so grateful. Because of still a lot of things that could have happened, didn't happen. And now, I mean, I have to laugh many times now. I see the wreckage of the past and of God. And so, you know, I'm trying to date. It's not working out. And I finally, my husband and I never, we, you know, we had, I had divorced him because I was talking about getting married while I was still married, remarried. I was very sick. Okay. And I'm confused. And ladies, on Mr. Nett, Mom, what's wrong with you? Oh, God. I was sick. Finally, though, um, and you know, was, I, I, I bless all the relationships that I've had because they had spirited me on to get better. Because when you start seeing how sick you are, you'll be like, oh shit, I better get it together here, man. <laughs> I'm about a sick cookie up here. I don't want no more of that. So, okay, that's over, and, but nothing is working, so like I said, I. All the times that I was out there booping and ooping and popping and whooping, looking for Mr. Right. God damn it, I had the best wardrobe. I had a drop dead wardrobe. My props to get Mr. Right. Oh man, I had an outfit for every, for every body size I was, because you know I'm up and down. Now you know women, we gotta have a 20, a 20 pound spam wardrobe. It's just, hey, 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 it don't work. And I decorated my home fabulously. What it was, was a trap. I remember once, now, I'm sober now, yeah. I, uh, I invite this gentleman to come to my house to dinner, and you know, uh, he was a potential. And, uh, you know, he walked past the bedroom, and you know, everything. But I keep coming back, see. So, you know, it wasn't working. My dating scene wasn't working. I, I, you know, but I kept just going on and doing what I had. It feels more authentic and to, to grow individually. But it's there. And what I need to say lately, the miracle is this. I'm sticking and I'm staying. I'm working it through. Because there's nothing into running. I got to see this thing until I know where am I supposed to be. That. And, you know, it's strange because it's like, so it challenges me to, you know, stay on point, you know, because and mind your business and yes, he is cute, but mind your business <laughs> and keep coming back, you know. And so the whole deal is the prayer and the God. And so you've been pointing the way, but give them up to a closed mouth. But if something comes back the way you do about me, my peace of mind is content.
In my 18 years in AA, I've had two major resentments that wiped me out emotionally. So the doctor says, a little bit of Prozac. I said, wait a minute, doc. I know what's wrong. I got a resentment. I need to let go and let God. I'll see you later. Now, this is my story. If you got to take medicine or whatever, you do what you have to do. I'm just telling you where resentment will take me if I don't let go and let God. Absolutely. I found that, that the resentments are all built in my, my insecurities. They're painful. Some of them that I got to do things. And that's why service is a service. Just making ourselves angry. Please be gay. Please be gay. And pass on the message. Who gives you?